Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 66. In this episode, my friends and I talk about the American Revolution, whether it was justified, and when civil disobedience might be justified in our world today. So if that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and give it a listen, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Good, good, uh... Good morrow. Good, good day. Oh, good day. I didn't want to say good day, but... Good it happens. saying it. Uh, how are y'all doing? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay then. Just, uh... Do you think the colonies should have rebelled? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Here's the fun part. Here's the mystery part. Ooh, which colonies am I talking about? Mm. India. India. Did they rebel? I actually yeah, don't know yeah. enough about Sepoy rebellion. rebellion was India. Uh, anyway, are we going to talk about that? Was about Gandhi related to the, the... the reason? No. You know, it's like what what is America going to have to do to justify us getting out our Gadsden flags and <laughs> and starting a revolution? Did I, did I tell you what my eldest kid said about America when yeah. God created America? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> did I tell you, Daniel? Yes. Okay. Oh, I do remember that. That there were only 13 colonies? Yeah. When, when God made America, there was only 13 colonies. Not states. Colonies. And that's why the flag had a circle. Mike, all of this is only six years old. Genius. I, I quickly had to teach him the difference between <clears throat> theology and nationalism. Mm-hmm. It's just a good discussion. Yeah. For, especially for a six-year-old. Yeah. You gotta differentiate that quick. Slippery slope at nationalism. So who's taking which position? Um... I'm taking the position of I'd like to explore this further. Ah. Uh, also, I'm taking the position of I have to teach on this tomorrow. In- instead of doing like a bunch of research and lesson planning, I'm just gonna spitball it with a couple bros. Yeah. Has that why, what why even whole... turn to like YouTube anymore exactly. for answers? Is that yeah, what this Khan whole Academy. podcast has been? Is just exactly. like you not wanting to have to do Last prep week... on your own? <laughs> Last week we did a lesson on experiencing God. Previous week I taught a lesson on therapy. And, what a like, wildly just... different class! Just yeah. every day. <laughs> It almost is like a Boy Meets World, where it's like each day they're teaching something drastically different of like, today we're talking about the French Revolution. Now we're talking about psychology. Now we're talking about related verb noun agreements. Okay. So should, did the colonies have the right to, when, when do a people have the justification for using violent means to uh, resist or overthrow their government? Have a revolution. When, if ever. I think I might take the position of never, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I that probably... People should never have the... Say, say that, the question again. That the citizens of a, a country mm-hmm. never have the... Like, it, from a Christian perspective, never have the justification to turn to means of violence to uh, react against their government. I think I'm going to take a position, because I'm... I'm on the fence of, like, when people say, like, well, was the American Revolution justified uh, biblically? I'm like, well, they weren't really trying to, and it wasn't really a primary concern that I see any of the uh, main people involved in the American Revolution. They weren't like, let's argue this from Scripture. They were, there was a lot of arrogance, I feel like, in what the Founding Fathers were doing. Um, But I feel like, in a sense of, like, should Christians take the sword and take over the government? and institute their own form of government? 
forcibly, I think we have clear scripture that says, no, that's not the way that Christ is bringing in his kingdom, is by Christians taking up the sword and seizing control of the government. And whenever that's happened, it's usually gone bad, which is, again, not that's not a uh, proof text, biblically or not, of like just because something fails, but I think that there's uh, a lot of bad repercussions when Christians go that direction. But the revolution wasn't a group of Christians saying we should create... Uh, Jesus's society on earth it was people who wanted to rebel against their government for their reasons with their logic and I think God moves uh kings like there are like when uh assassination attempts happen and like there's coups that God works in that for his purposes according to his mysterious uh will and so he's doing that and the Christian kind of just sees like mm -hmm. oh that's just movements of uh rulership and that's kind of what happened in the American Revolution uh, that we shouldn't we shouldn't count pro, um, providence out of it. That God moved. Correct, and and not I, saying I it's think, justified or not. Because yeah, exactly. I think we're going uh, pretty fast through some pretty dense yeah, uh, ideas in in that little bit of time that you were just talking there. Because it's like okay, just because something happens, I would agree that if something happens, that it's part of the providential plan of God. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that it was a morally good thing mm -hmm. to happen, mm -hmm. right? So like Nebuchadnezzar was the the means that God used mm -hmm. to enact judgment against the people of Judah for their idolatry. Mm -hmm. And it was still a morally wrong thing That's that right. Nebuchadnezzar did because he was doing it mm -hmm. out of pride and not mm -hmm. to, you know, enact mm -hmm. the justice of Jehovah. Uh, um, then God punished him for that, as we see in correct. the book of Habakkuk, where he says, I'm going to punish Judah with the Chaldeans, and then I will punish the Chaldeans for yeah. their And he says iniquity. the same thing about Assyria in mm -hmm. the north. But, okay, so... But then you, you kind of also just said, like, they did it for their reasons. And it's like, okay, so what were their reasons? That's a good question. Um, so the colonists would have said, and I think there's some truth to this. Um, like, look, we are English citizens. We're Englishmen. We're subjects of the crown. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're not an absolute monarchy. Like, England has a constitution. It has the Magna Carta. It has parliament. the 1689 Bill of Rights. It mm -hmm. has parliament it has all these limitations that are supposed to happen uh, but they, they would even say like with parliament it's like well we don't care what parliament says because we're not represented in parliament mm -hmm. right so you should not be able to tax us because you're not representing us mm -hmm. and yet here you are taxing us even though you're not representing us and the document that's supposed to organize this whole mm -hmm. shebang magna carta says you're not allowed to tax people unless you have the consent of their representatives and we mm -hmm. don't have any representatives so that's mm -hmm. one um you know and not not to say that that's it but it's like really i taxation is definitely the thing that it came down to is like we're being charged exorbitant tax rates which when compared to modern american tax rates turns out are actually really tiny mm -hmm. um but we're being charged exorbitant tax rates and we're uh not only that but like we don't even have the option to not buy the stuff that they want to tax us on. Right. Like mm -hmm. if we say, okay, we don't want to pay the taxes on tea, so we'll just not buy tea. They'll say, no, we're, we're sending the same shipment of tea, and you're going to buy the same shipment of tea, and you're going to pay mm -hmm. this elevated tax on the same shipment of tea. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, you're kind of getting bullied around, but uh, like what means might a colonist use other than I'm going to pick up a musket and kill an Englishman, like kill a red coat. Yeah, because I think that's something that I was would build because I feel like my answer of kind of like I can lay it all on the table and unpack it, but I feel like that's part of where I would go is 
from a Christian perspective, the last thing you should do is pick up the sword. Um, and maybe even not pick up the sword at all, but just there should be every other avenue explored exhausted, and yeah. exhausted. And I think, I don't know if we, I would say we were quick to pick up muskets right away, but I don't think that it was, I don't think there was a lot of push. And well, try. and there were definitely some hot-tempered people. Yeah. You know? Uh, but it's like, okay, so then you look at, and not to, like, I do want to keep exploring the back and forth of this, like the past and then the present. It's like you have these people who say that, um, like, vaccine <coughs> mandates or, uh, like, even even if it's just taxes or, like, you know, the government is mm-hmm. hyperinflating the currency and that's basically a tax on, uh, you know, if, if, if you're, um, let's say, below poverty income or let's say that you're barely above poverty income and now your wages are, you know, 8.9% less powerful than they mm-hmm. were the same time last year. Like, this is a tax by the government. This mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, this is an act of, I don't know if I want to use the word oppression, but, like, uh, it's they're, they're using their power irresponsibly. And so do we, as the subjects of this government, like, do we have the right to use means of force in order to, uh, you know, try to establish justice, let's say? Because the colonists would have said, look, the supreme law of the land is not the king. It's the document and the, mm-hmm. the, the document, the constitution in their case, the Magna Carta, and then, you know, a lot of other stuff with English common law, mm-hmm. like that is the supreme law of the land. And a king who breaks that contract with the people has forfeited his right mm-hmm. to rulership. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I, the idea of a constitution was not completely unheard of in like, you know, the time of Christ and the apostles, because mm-hmm. Rome had what's called the 12 tables you know, they had laws that they that even the the Senate and mm-hmm. the tyrants, as they would have called them, and the um, mm-hmm. the statesmen were supposed to follow. Mm-hmm. But then a bunch of uh, Caesars did not follow those, and the Bible still says you should submit to them. Mm-hmm. And then it's like even what the Bible says about like you know servants, you need to obey your masters, not only and and like you know uh, wives obey your husbands, mm-hmm. not just like the upstanding like oh that guy's a 10 out of 10 and like he's a great leader and he treats me well and it's like i need to submit to them it's like no you need to even submit to Mm -hmm. the schmucks and it's not like you know there's a difference between um well i i mean i I guess it all kind of fits into the same thing because then there are people today who would say you know that because somebody's not uh being just in their application of their use of power that you have the right to not only refuse to obey a specific command if it goes against the the um mind of god but also just like to to kill to use violence Mm. you know yeah i think that the tough thing is i can't think of a lot of biblical examples of rebellions that were uh initiated by god's people for the sake of god's people because you have are you trying to shop around in the old testament that's mostly where i'm looking because i'm trying to think about if there's any examples of that and we have uh esther and they were even being threatened to be exterminated via genocide and yet they still didn't take over and uh, do it in full-scale rebellion revolution with medo-persia um you have some extra biblical stuff with judah maccabee but again they still didn't i mean they that wasn't because they weren't trying that was because <clears throat> they failed uh the, the rebellion um but yeah you don't have you have more what more from what i see is 
when uh, the only time that a Christian has the authorization to go against the government is when the government is doing something that is in violation of giving glory to God and being and, and having fidelity to God. And I want to get back to why I choose that specific phrase instead of just when it goes against God. Um, the the response that I see throughout Scripture is pretty uniform, which is they just surrender their lives versus saying, I'm going to kill you now because you're telling me to offer false worship. Um, so I see yeah, more about that. we ought that. to obey God rather than men. Yeah, and but go outside the courthouse you, and you just yeah. keep preaching Jesus, and then yeah. one day you get your head chopped off, or you go to prison, and you know? and that's the that kind of tends to be their. And I know people don't like that because like they want to be like Second Amendment. Let's grab our our, our defenses and go against them because if they're pushing us to deny our God, let's fight back. But you don't see that in the apostles. You see, the apostles are just like, all right, when we they just kept going. Um, and then accepted the consequences mm. and accepted what God, how God wanted to protect. I think the b- best example of this is the response of the friends of Daniel when they say, we will not mm. offer false worship. Mm. And who knows, maybe God will save us. But even if he doesn't, we'll die having, and when we die, you'll look at us and see that we did not bend to your will. Mm. We only uh, submit to God. Mm. And I think that is a much more powerful notion than let's take up the sword and push back. Yeah, And I think the reason why I wanted to select the words, because I was trying to choose my words carefully, of what the scripture says of if it goes against God, it goes against God is in the sense that are we concerned about that it's robbing God of his glory, that it's going against his righteous dictates and his decrees, and that it's primarily God-centered. Like, we're zealous about our actions um, uh, proclaiming the glories of Christ instead of being like, I can finagle this thing that I don't like and make it sound pious, yeah. which yeah. I think I hear not all the time, but I sometimes I'll hear that where it's like, uh, here's an issue. I don't personally like that, mm. that the government's doing this. And let me try to hopscotch my way to make it sound like I'm doing this for religious reasons when really the end of uh, the actual motivation is I don't want to do it. Mm. And I think that we have to be really careful because we don't want to sound like warriors for, for God and super noble and pious. And then the reality is, is, well, I just don't want just my money wanting, taken away. Yeah, we're just doing what we would have yeah. selfishly wanted to do anyway. Yeah. And slapping Jesus's name on it. Especially okay. if, so, if, and, if, and I'm going to bring this, this up. I'm sorry if I'm, if, if I'm really, but I'm bringing this up of the, like, especially since taxation was the primary thing and the, yeah. and how far <clears throat> do we stretch and take when Jesus says, give Caesar's money back to him. Yeah. Don't hold on to it. Don't consider it so precious that you're willing to lose. Like, like the fact that you're saying my possessions are so important, I will kill someone so that I get more of them. And and specifically my money. It's like, uh, you know, the way the way I teach that with my kids is like, uh, like money is not the thing. Currency is not like the thing that oh God needs to make sure that we have X amount of it so that He can build His kingdom through us. And if we don't accumulate X amount of it, then like He's gonna be really hindered and and Mm. his church isn't going to grow and the way i teach it with my students is like you know gold is valuable because it's scarce and like you know yada yada Mm -hmm. and and you know different currents or different empires and countries have made metal currency out of gold and silver and rare things but it's like imagine that uh cops burst into this classroom right now and they're like all right everybody like give us all your toenail clippings and you'd be like well, okay, okay, I that's can do that. Like, just let me. That's weird that you even want them, but like, do you have some clippers? And then you do, because you see that as mm-hmm. something that's 
not mm -hmm. valuable enough to defend right. you know and it's hard to do that with money when money buys food and when money yeah. buys clothing and basic necessities and when money you know even can be used to to fund missionaries and everything like that um i, I mean i think definitely with taxation we have something really explicit in scripture but then like under what circumstances can a christian like let, let's try and flesh this out like not going unto violence, at least not yet in the conversation. And I, I do want to explore that more. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, what are the circumstances under which a Christian can look at a decree or a law and say, I'm not going to ab abide by this. Like, I'll, I'll suffer whatever consequences I need mm -hmm. to, but I'm not going to abide by this. Well, I think, sorry, sorry if I'm jumping in too quickly, but I think for me, if you're saying that I'm going to say this generally, and then maybe I'm missing something, so feel free to push back on this. I think if you're saying, I'm not going to do this and I'll accept the consequences of it, like virtually everything. Mm. Like, if you're willing to take the... And I mean, I don't mean just, like, the consequences will happen to you. I mean, like, you accept them. Not like you go to prison screaming and whining about how unfair and how right it is. It's like you go peaceably, um, and you accept that because you're just like, look, I'm not emotional, I'm not freaking out i'm just frankly telling you I, that's not something i'm going to do and you can't mm. push me to do that um i think there's virtually nothing i can think that you're like oh you shouldn't be doing that over uh maybe i'm missing something but i'm like if, if you're willing to accept consequences uh anything but as far as like things that christians need to pick up uh like this is something that the government is doing that you have to push back on i think whenever there is a threat to life so if there was a situation where uh, like if like let's say the government passed a law it was like that uh, like in China they mandated you to kill your children they said you have one children one child if you get pregnant or conceive in any other way you must kill that child that is something where a Christian has no choice mm. but to uh, resist and accept the punishments of it um so I think that I think that comes to mind as like an example of there are I think there are times when Christians have to I think the examples in scripture, when the government says you will worship us mm. you will offer worship you'll present your offering to us um you can worship whatever god you want but you also have to have sacrifice to the divine emperor that's it's another situation where i think i don't think it's an optional situation for christians to say uh i'm gonna sit this one out guys i'm just gonna just do the offering because it's easy mm. and i don't really mean it so i'm just gonna go ahead and do it um but that's my perspective on. I think that there there are certain things where you have to, and I think that there's a lot, a couple other things where it's more gray areas that um, you can if you want. Um, I mean, the taxes one is easy because I I feel pretty confident saying that God doesn't care about how much you're paying in taxes. Like He's not like up there being like, "Oof, you're so unjust that money is being taken away from you." Because I think I can say for pretty certainty that when uh, Jesus and his family were paying more taxes than the average American. Ooh, well, um, I wonder. I'd like to, I mean, I feel like you're probably Or at right, least, but... like, without justification. I mean, tax collectors just came and said, you owe this much, and you had to take their word for it, and they mm -hmm. could take extra for themselves. In fact, they were encouraged to take extra for themselves, which, mm -hmm. side tangent, is why Matthew was would have probably uh, not been super well-liked, or why, when Jesus says, the worst of the worst, you know, tax collectors mm -hmm. and prostitutes, mm -hmm. um, it was because the tax collector was usually lining his own pockets, um... And was aligned with the Roman government. That's a whole separate thing. So I think, I don't think that that God's up there being like, oh, you poor thing, you don't have as much money as you might have. Mm. I don't want to sound callous. I'm not saying like God doesn't care. I'm just saying, 
I don't think God's God would think that that is such an injustice that you need to like take up arms for. Um, I think this is also sorry if I'm going on too many tangents. But I think that the fun thing is is to set the American Revolution in context as well as like oh there's all these taxes being levied. But if you step back a ways, which none of conveniently like none of the founders or people at the time really wanted to talk about is why did England need all these taxes? Why was England bankrupt? Because they had just bankrupt themselves fighting a war to protect the colonies. Mm. And so from a British perspective, to play devil's advocate, what they were arguing, what the crown was arguing, albeit not very well, um, was, was we just spent, we just spent a ton of money protecting you guys, making sure that you're safe, making sure that your way of life goes unhindered. Can you help foot the bill for this? And the colonists were like, mm, we're going to rebel because this is unjust. So when I put it in that context, I'm like, it feels like the case that they were building seems less and less. I feel like it, it and I, I could be 100% wrong, I haven't studied it super in depth, but it feels like to me, it was more of the case of, <clears throat> because of how isolated the colonies were from the crown, I mean, it took like, what, a couple weeks, maybe a month mm. for them to travel back and forth between between the two. They had just gotten used to ruling themselves, and they were like, let's keep doing that, and here's a good excuse. Mm. For us to I mean, do what I, we want to do. I think... I, Maybe that's too I, I, I don't, a picture. Like, I'm not trying to come writing to their rescue or anything, but I think it really was the fact that they were being taxed but not represented. Oh, yeah. You know? So it's yeah. like, I, I think they would have been uh, chill with just either one of those dials being adjusted. It's like, yeah. okay, tax us less, or you can represent us more, mm -hmm. but like doing neither... Yeah, it's not the other I, I don't like that. But I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, mm -hmm. the Jews didn't have representation in the mm -hmm. in the Roman Senate. So. Yeah. Miguel, mm -hmm. you look like you're thinking. I was. Um, I'm, I'm way back when Daniel was saying um, when you have to. Yeah. And, and I was kind of lingering on the, well, when should you? Mm hmm. Um, <clears throat> And, um, I, I think I was hovering somewhere around, like, when, like, I agree with, obviously, uh, when there's a danger to life, mm -hmm. um, but I think even when should you is when there's a disregard for, I don't want to say disregard for life because that makes it almost seem like there's a danger to life, but I also don't want to just jump to like, when it's not equitable, you know? Mm. Um, but like, I think like to like segregation, like I was like, I think those are times where the Christians should have stepped forward and said like, Hey, this isn't right. Like these mm -hmm. are like, these are God's creatures mm -hmm. made in his image. You know, like, you know, African-Americans are the same and are just as valuable mm -hmm as mm -hmm. Caucasian individuals. And mm -hmm. like, that would be a time where, um, disobedience, mm -hmm. um, should be pursued. Mm -hmm. um, so what would that look like in segregation era, like, uh, Alabama or something? Um, yeah, I, I, I think there are examples that we can look towards, but I think just, you know, uh, pushing for, um, anti-segregation, uh, abolishing Jim Crow laws, um, oh. you know, Sorry, something came to my mind too. From to, to give you an example, I'm not yeah. telling you off. No, no, go for it, please. Yeah, uh, one of the one of the ways <laughs> that that would, was shown is um, people who practiced interracial marriage when it was illegal. Yep. 
and they mm. said, I'm in love. I'm, I'm not going to listen. So anyway, mm. that was just yeah. my way of example. Yeah. I, I thought that, but I was like, I don't know how to phrase that in a way that's not like, well, like, as your act of rebellion, you should pursue interracial <laughs> like, marriage. I'm not going to yeah. marry a woman unless she's black. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. I don't want to, I don't know how to spin that in an in No, yeah, but, manner, it's, but it's like, hey, here's a, a person and I love them and, and they're made in the image of God. I'm made mm-hmm. in the image of God. We're going to make babies that are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. put this on paper, you know? And you're not letting the government define. Define, yeah. yeah. You know, even, you know, like, like disregarding rules of like hey these are colored water fountains it's like well it doesn't matter like yeah like it's a water fountain i'm going to use either one Mm -hmm. you know and like Mm -hmm. and i don't want to say just modeling because like that is absolutely i don't think enough action but you know just pushing for that you know and and i'd say speech is like the it's the most powerful weapon most people have access to so it's like you know, you could start a podcast or now or or whatever now today, but uh, even just like the way that you talk, the way that mm. um, like I, I say things in my classroom sometimes that I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to get in trouble for this because I know theologically kind of where uh, a lot of these kids are at, but it's like, I feel like I need to say this and it's in keeping with my interpretation of scripture. And so um, it's like, I, I think that there really is a, uh, you know, to offend maybe not maybe the word is not like to offend your conscience but it's like you know when you're biting your tongue out of cowardice yeah and it's like i I think that resisting that impulse to Mm. uh conform just to kind of not rock the boat like that's that's huge Mm. and i i I mean i know i've i've felt that in not just in my life but within the last year and sometimes i submit to that demon that's telling me like hey just you know don't say anything don't bring anything up that's just what they're like or that's just you know what this group of people probably believe uh like group of people like my students not like oh this is what chinese people believe or a certain Mm -hmm. race um but yeah so so acting specifically against laws that you deem to be unjust your speech definitely i mean you know if we're talking about uh civil liberties and the jim crow south i mean definitely obviously next Mm -hmm. place that it makes sense to go as like slavery mm-hmm. and it, it is really cool to say I, I i heard uh a couple weeks ago the first place in the world to abolish slavery was pennsylvania mm-hmm. um and it had to do with the quakers and how they were like so just rabidly against that idea of like owning people and and treating mm-hmm. people the way that they saw the anglicans and the catholics mm-hmm. treating people in the the royal colonies in the south mm. um and then you you guys know who the grimke sisters are have you ever heard of them sounds familiar uh quakers mm-hmm. uh born to a very wealthy family in south carolina like a plantation family mm-hmm. and they started speaking out and just got like cut out of the will not mm-hmm. banished mm-hmm. but it's like for all intents and purposes ostracized from the family mm-hmm. and this is like this is like getting cut out of i'm not saying maybe yeah. jeff bezos money but this is like it's getting cut out deal. of big like billion dollar family money and you're doing it because i mean you can look out your bedroom window and see Mm, a man with a whip mm -hmm. like beating an image bearer of god Mm, yeah and so it's like okay i have to i'm gonna have to forego a luxurious future um but like Mm. i i can't not do this my my faith pricks my soul so that to be Mm. silent is damnation like Mm -hmm. you guys uh have you seen les miserables Oh, 
man, highly recommend it. You've seen it? I saw the. Oh man, it's so good. There's I, a scene, I didn't see the musical. I saw there's the a live scene action. in uh in it's like one of my favorite scenes in all of film, and uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil it. But it's well, like I've seen uh, the, the other one, the Jeffrey Rush. Uh, oh Liam yeah, Neeson yeah. One. Just if you know the story. Yeah. But there's a guy, and he's a criminal on the run, and he's able to leave his old life behind, and like, you know, he he got totally new documents fabricated and everything, and now he's become like this up and coming, or not up and coming, like this upstanding citizen and he owns a factory that employs hundreds of people and he's like a good man he's well respected in his and then this officer thinks like oh i think that's the guy who broke his parole all these years ago and he's this criminal on the run and he starts to investigate him investigate him and then that detective finds just some other guy and he's like oh no i was totally wrong this guy is not jean valjean it's actually this other just random homeless dude. And he goes, the, the detective goes to the protagonist and says, hey, I, I just want to apologize because I've been like mm -hmm. investigating you this whole time. And, and it turns out we, we caught the guy. And then like, you know, the detective leaves and Jean Valjean is like, what do I do? Mm. Like if I, if I speak out and admit that I'm the real criminal, Hundreds of people are going to lose their jobs. Their kids are going to be on the street. Like, you know, they're going to lose their... This is like uh, post-revolutionary France. Mm -hmm. So it's not a good time to yeah. be a human. Mm -hmm. It's called... That's why the name of the story is The Miserables. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh... And, and so he's singing this song kind of to himself and to God. He's like, if I, if I speak out, I'll be condemned. But if I stay silent and let another man mm -hmm. be put to death for my transgression, I'll be damned. Yeah. Like, I'll be damned by God for, for having done that. And it's like just watching him wrestle with this. Mm. And it's Wolverine. He's like such a good actor. <laughs> Not that he's great as well. I haven't seen the Logan movie, but I don't think he was great in the X-Men movies. But uh, yeah, uh, huge jacked man. Yeah. Um, he's I, I really think he's a good actor. He's got a pretty stinking good singing voice, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, he's wrestling with this. And he's like, if I stay silent, then everything gets so much easier. Like, all these people keep their jobs, I get to keep my lifestyle, you know, and, and also, it's it's like women working at a at a textile mill, and so, like, they'd have nowhere to go, and a lot of them have kids that they're trying to support, and it's like, man, but if, if I stay silent, my soul mm. will be forever damned to hell, mm. which he's Catholic, uh, yeah. so it's like, that's his Sounds understanding, right. but, I mean, at the same time, it's like, I wish that a lot of Protestants had that uh, same, just uh disgust at sin it's like man what are what are all these other things worth compared to an eternal soul mm. um so anyway i don't really know where i was going with that well, but it's like I, you, go ahead i was gonna say if i can figure like this is just kind of like me chewing on that and then coming up with another thing of uh so when we're talking about like revolution and, and rebellion it's interesting to like talk about the French Revolution and compare the two because mm. it was I probably just God's grace that ours was so controlled as it was. Well, it was a revolution by people calling themselves Christians, regardless of yeah whether it's justified. Yeah, or but like that there yeah. was there was a clear strategy. There was a keeping it to between soldier and soldier. There wasn't. I mean, there always is things that leak over. I'm not saying there was. It was only. It was so perfect in its thing, mm -hmm. but. And then there was a final concluding point that they had decided about, and it stopped. Mm -hmm. Versus you see other revolutions, like the French Revolution to me is a little bit more paradigmatic, um, maybe not entirely, of other revolutions, how messy it gets where it's convoluted, people mm -hmm. don't know when to stop mm -hmm. rebelling, 
And then it just mm. becomes whoever has power becomes the new bad person and lets chop their head off. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I feel like just happens via ideas currently, mm. where it's this person is the bad one, let's dethrone them, and then now we push the line back and and it's like yeah. we're just killing everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, you become more liberal with your definition of evil. Yeah, and so I think, I think there it's it helps when we're when people are asked that question is like it makes it a harder question because it was done well but it so easily could not have Mm -hmm. but i think the thing that i find super interesting a little like again like devil's advocate alternate way of thinking is there's something about the that recently as i've been looking through there's there's a certain because i know like we usually paint the, the the founders as like these very humble guys and i think they were for the most part but there's a certain level of arrogance that I think landed them where they were at. Mm. And the, the poignant place, I was talking about this with a friend yesterday, the poignant place where I see that is um, in the Declaration. So what they were rebelling against and what they were stating their cause as was that there were certain inalienable um, truths um, that, and rights that men had among those life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then they go on and keep, they keep arguing and they say that uh, is the, the government is, just, is, is derived from the consent mm-hmm. of the governed and that when the government um, is no longer uh, has the consent of the governed, it is the duty and right, I think is what it says, of the go- of the people to rebel. Rise up. So they yeah. were arguing for that. They were that getting that right out of John Locke. Yeah. Like so that was, were... John Locke was the, like, yeah. arm the populace because the government must know that if they abuse mm-hmm. their power, there's then a, there's duty. an armed populace that will yeah. overthrow them and that feel like they have the... Yeah, like you said, mm-hmm. the duty, the responsibility to do so. So they were arguing that it wasn't, it wasn't even a choice for them. But I think the thing that I zero on, which may be unrelated, but I think is still like something that has started to irk me, is when I study more and more uh, ancient history and like history throughout the years, when you put that phrase in context of that these guys are saying, here we have found these in, um, um, self-evident truths mm. and self-evident rights that all men have and that it's obvious to anyone that they're self-evident. And my question is, so are they saying that for the last three, four thousand years of people thinking in human history and human government, they were all so stupid they couldn't see self-evident realities? Like that was the thing that, that, that has started to bug me is the arrogance of saying, we think these truths are are just just apparent everyone just well, knows these I, things i think it was more i think more the meaning behind that phrase we hold like mm-hmm. we hold these truths to be self evident nebuchadnezzar didn't and like you know hammurabi didn't and it, but but i think what they're saying when they say that is uh this is what we're going to start off with and mm-hmm. these these principles we're Argument not even going to argue for in this document yeah like you know if you want our argumentation you can read these other philosophers and theologians mm-hmm. and read the bible itself and everything that's fair but we are going to start off this document by saying humans are created and mm-hmm. we are endowed by our creator mm-hmm. with a multiplicity mm-hmm. of inalienable rights and that a few of these are life, liberty, mm-hmm. and they were going to put property because that's exactly what John Locke says, mm-hmm. but instead they wound up putting the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where I push with it is, I'll grant it that maybe that's how they're thinking of it, but it gives this notion that I think is an enlightenment notion that I dislike, which is that the that all of this came up out of nowhere instead of saying that it's not self-evident. It was 3,000 years of human work that got them thinking that they're standing on the shoulders of. 
And so whenever I feel like people point back to Enlightenment, it's like, oh, all, all of a sudden there was this dawning that came out of nowhere. And the whole reason I do that is just to say uh, that they're the children of what came of who came before and who came before and who came before. And I think that's super significant to note because uh, one of the things, one of the quotes that I really love about the Reformation is again, the Reformation wasn't this just all of a sudden light was shone, shone mm. and everybody else had missed it. And then Luther is like this bright shining moment. I think there was a lot of uh, brilliant guys involved, but one of the quotes that I love the best is that all of the Reformation was just the best of what scholasticism had to offer. It was the condensing of all the great parts of scholasticism. So they were entrenched in what came before. Um, so I guess I'm not really going anywhere with that, other than just to like vent my frustration of whenever I feel like people are thinking about things and they're going, well, at this point, it just became evident to everybody out of nowhere. Or like these guys were super creative and they, they just figured out that this is a universal truth instead of saying... But again, I, I don't I don't think that that was their intent. I mm -hmm. think their intent was to say like, we're going to start off this document mm -hmm. already assuming these things. Mm -hmm. We're not going to argue for them. Mm -hmm. no, so looking something up? I, I was looking up a quote, um, and this was kind of about back to when, Daniel, you were talking about the revolution and power and all that stuff. And uh, actually, this is a, a quote from House of the Dragon where they're talking about a character. And someone says, uh, this character has ambition, yes, but not for the throne. He lacks the patience for it. Mm. And so he responds that the gods have yet to make a man who lacks the patience for absolute power. Mm. And it's just like... Who lacks the patience for absolute power. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, again, it's, it's, a, it's a spin on absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, but I thought it, you know, it, you know, to when you were talking about the French Revolution mm -hmm. where it's just... You know, once that ball gets rolling, it just became a bunch of, mm -hmm. you know, behead the next person in power. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, because it's, yeah. you know, as as every rung of the ladder above me gets knocked off, mm. eventually I'll be that top rung. And I know what's best. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I, I can control this because I know what's best because mm -hmm. I have the right mindset, the right theology, yeah. the right ambition, the right mm -hmm. goals and motivations. And so, like, you know, I'm, I've been pretty quiet because I'm, I'm struggling with, like, is there ever a time when a Christian should pick up the sword? And I'm like, man, like, my knee jerk is like, yeah, there, there has so to be You're saying in so the sense of, like, revolution, riot, like... Yeah, okay. yeah, like, when, when is violence the right answer for a Christian? And, and, and my knee jerk is like, yeah, there has to be, there has to be a moment. Um, and I'm struggling to even think of one where I'm like, yeah, that, that's the right one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, mm -hmm. you know, without doubt. Um, but, you know, like, I, I think that that should be... A caution is like hey at, at what at that point are you saying i have the right answer mm. so i'm going to t pick up the sword mm -hmm. or is it you know is it uh you know are you being called you know mm. is it is it righteous to do so and mm. um yeah i think again i think that that the intention or motivation quickly becomes uh, perverted mm. from yeah this is wrong and we should change this to this is wrong I know the right answer yeah. and mm. I should it's change it it's just a power grab yeah. Yeah. and it's like if you are like if you are Maximilien Robespierre in the, revolu in the French Revolution it's like you've been part of the mob 
and then you're part of I think it was called the committee for public safety and it's like oh we're just here to keep you safe and you know keep everything mm -hmm. orderly that's why we have all the guns and all that kind of and then mm -hmm. it's like okay now you become the the head of the state and you just built a machine that it chops off heads like yeah. a, you built a mob that that's what it does and now that you've you know the puns just write themselves like now that you've stuck your neck out and it's like you're gonna be the the head mm -hmm. of the state it's like guess what guess what this machine does to heads like it yeah. just keeps chopping off heads yeah. so that i think that's definitely the uh the danger of mob rule and so it's like you know when you see that um like okay you see protests like i think of the where they call the yellow vest protests in france mm, a few yeah. uh like maybe five six years ago something like that Wow, or was might, it? It might. No, you're right. You might be right. It might have been that long ago, I, like 2018. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So four years. Um, and it's like, okay, those people were originally. It was that they were protesting for a fair wage, right? For yeah, because they were blue collar, like people working mm -hmm. in dangerous or just no, la I, labor I, intensive. I think jobs, it started. Right? With, I think it started with like, uh, like taxi drivers and like public transit employees. Okay. And. And that's why it was called the yellow. But it vest. it definitely expanded from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then eventually it turns violent, you know. And it's like you have, uh, you have that. You have BLM that it starts off as protests mm -hmm. and then it becomes violent. Or you have just you know I feel like that's, I mean you go to Sri Lanka today and it's like mm -hmm. you have these protests because of people are lacking in food and then they turn violent. Mm -hmm. And so it's like okay, uh, what is it? If if we're going to say, and I think it's a fair point, you know, we we've we've said a Christian has not just the capacity but the responsibility to use their voice as a weapon against injustices in the state. Okay, so that means, you know, to participate maybe in um, demonstrations. But then it's like, okay, uh, I I mean, you were asking Miguel like. Is the answer just never like that there's never a time to to pick up the sword and and do violence to someone i'm like yeah i think that is where i stand like the idea that now this guy has oppressed me or oppressed someone and like in response i'm gonna take their life from them i'm going to stick a, a mm -hmm. sharp metal object or a bullet through their skin and into mm. their into their uh vitals and i'm gonna suck their life out of them and it's like uh I have such a hard time feeling like, uh, not not just like Christian history, you know, and, and I do love the idea of appealing to Christian history, and, and uh, Daniel uh, sent me or, or referenced to me a great podcast yesterday that I got a chance to listen to, and it was about, you know, historically mm -hmm. that, that the church was committed to peace, and it's like, I would rather you kill me mm -hmm. than me kill you, and I, it's like, Okay, that's easy, right? But then it's like I would rather you kill my my family, my neighborhood, mm -hmm. than than the fact that I'm gonna that I'm gonna mm -hmm. end your life. And it's like, oh man, that's I, I'd rather you c kill my whole community of faith mm -hmm. than the fact that I would take up a sword and try to do violence to you. Like, mm -hmm. oh man, see, like, <sighs> I, I, I think, <laughs> that's that's where it gets yeah. hard, man. I think I agree with you. You know, um, I think this is probably the really controversial part is like i think when when pressed i would agree with what you just said like i think the answer would have to be never mm. but my knee jerk isn't um that's my baby that's my wife that's my those are my church people and their babies in there exactly like, like i i mean like i even look to like you know peter went to defend jesus and jesus was like yeah, yeah yeah not 
not necessary guy yeah i got this yeah um but you know like and and then like when but i do think it ends up being a, like a slippery slope argument of like well like where's the line then like what if it was you know not my life but my wife's life like would i should i try to protect or defend my wife or even my like, friend's wife or yeah or yeah. what if like you i think you went back to like you know my congregation or whatever and, yeah and it's like man like i have a harder time and i and like i would i think even with the mentality that we that i just laid out um like i know like others like sam would say hey like you shouldn't go into the police force yeah. uh you know because yeah. like you more than likely or inevitably mm-hmm. gonna have to draw your weapon and if you're drawing your weapon you're not drawing your weapon to maim, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, like, there, I think, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's a difficult line, but I think I would say, like, no, I think you could join mm. the police force because you're trying to uphold what you have looked at and deemed to be mm. just laws. Mm. Um, mm. And, and so, and, and I do think, like, there is value in then, like, hey, I'm, I'm protecting somebody else's like I'm not I'm not out to take your life but I'm out to prevent you from taking someone else's mm-hmm. life and if mm-hmm. that unfortunately stops you know it means ending your life that it, it might not be the desired outcome but if that is the outcome you know, I, I think you know the ends justifies the means I don't want to I don't want to jump to that <laughs> argument because <laughs> but like I, I do think like hey you know like I'm not seeking to kill you. I'm yeah. seeking to protect Daniel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that, you know, you 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 shuffled off this mortal coil. Well, man, like we don't trade lives. Hmm. Um, yeah. hmm. And and you know, like, yeah, that that's kind of where I land. It the the difficulty arises with that question of with the police force or the military. Because I think a lot of times the argument is, well, it says right there in the text that the power of the sword is given to the government by God to for the sake of justice. So I think that this government is just all join the police force. But the problem is, is that you no longer are an independent agent. So right. if the government mm-hmm. does decide mm-hmm. to do something that isn't just or push yeah. you to do something that's not just, you don't have the freedom of choice. Or there's going to be a lot more consequences on you. I think that's the difficulty. Well, with you can decision. quit. I was gonna say, yeah. but I yeah. think, I, but I think, I mean, at, at least talking as there's an American, also, there's also like uh, what's it called, uh, dishonorable discharge. Yeah. yeah. Like if you quit for the wrong re- for what the state deems the wrong re- reasons in the military, I just feel like you have to have a lot of trust in the government to sign up for military or police force mm-hmm. or you know, FBI, CIA, mm-hmm. those sorts of agencies. But I but I think you have the same amount of freedom as a regular citizen said, like, hey, I'm I'm not following that. Whatever the outcome be, I won't I Whatever won't, the consequence. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like, okay, well like as a regular citizen, you know, you'll go to jail or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. well as a as a employee of the city or the state, as a as a police or a sheriff you know, same thing. Like, well, okay, you, you obviously... Well, and and it would be worse, because it's well, like, well, you'll be held in contempt because you're disobeying the, yeah. the order of a superior officer yeah. that you signed right. a contract. But to... but I mean, you, but what I, what I mean by that is like, you still have the ability to do so. And, and I mean, I guess technically in some regime where they take your life, you still have the ability to say no, but it's like, mm. hey, 
my life is still preserved mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. like yeah like the consequence might be worse it might be a bigger fine or i might lose my job yeah. or i yeah. might serve jail time but yeah. my life is preserved mm-hmm. versus yeah. elsewhere yeah. that like maybe you just get a bullet to the head yeah you know well yeah and if if you're a cop like if you're signing up for that they give you a gun, man. Like, they they don't give you that. I, I get that, like, just the fact that you own a gun and, and have a gun on you is also supposed mm-hmm. to be a deterrent of the use of lethal force by criminals. But if a dude's on PCP, like, right. that, he's not thinking logically so, about that sort of thing. I love that you brought that up then. So would then you would you then argue that Christians shouldn't own guns? Uh, I have a hard time specifically saying gun ownership because the taking of human lives is not the only sure. reason. Because... Hunting, um, and like if you live out in the countryside and a bear gets in your trash yeah. and then he smells what you're cooking inside and he starts right. clawing at your window, like. So, okay, so what about like suburban <laughs> or even urban um, Christians? Uh, here, here's my thing is, I feel like I shouldn't say this on a podcast because it kind of, but fortunately, it's not like we're super popular um, <laughs> but when we get big we'll I, have to censor this episode I just own, yeah <laughs> i own a 12 gauge pump action shotgun yeah, okay I, i'm aware that's why i'm I, asking yeah and i mean i also own the revolver and i know that you are aware that i own both of those I'm but the in reason the shed, uh, against my will at uh no it's... <laughs> i got a bb gun i have to, I have to speak nine. so many words yeah. less uh no um so i i have a pump action shotgun specifically because of the noise that you make when you when you cock it yeah sure um and that is cop with a gun on exactly it's supposed to be a deterrent yeah and and will be a deterrent for well i don't know about a cop because you're specifically being called into danger well i I, I was just trying to reinforce the argument that you were saying that a firearm in and of itself can be a deterrent without mm-hmm. correct uh i also have zero desire to fire a shotgun indoors yeah. breaking every window in my home and probably shattering eardrums. my eardrums oh, yeah. my baby's eardrums my wife ear my wife's eardrums uh that is i think i've talked about this on the podcast before that's one of my biggest pet peeves with movies is like if a gun goes <laughs> off indoors everybody's deaf yeah, for like yeah. three days now yeah. or maybe floor. not that but like 36 hours There's, let's yeah, say movies have yeah you should be bleeding super, out of your ears after that super so, unrealistic with um so I, sorry you well, well uh clarify because I, I well and and i'm i'm trying to play devil's advocate on this one a little bit because I, I know you have a firearm. Mm. Um, so great point. That mm. that noise is a mm. great deterrent. Unless do the you guy have, robbing your do house you have is shells? on PCP. And you don't, I mean, maybe don't answer that question. I'm not. But, but like, uh, like by that logic then, then you shouldn't have shells because you wouldn't use them to take a life because the noise alone should deter. And if it doesn't, you're not going to take a but, life because... But I'll also shoot clay pigeons, and so that's also a reason yeah. to have shells. I was gonna say there's more. Like, there's more. If you buy for sport, if you buy sixty yeah. and then you use forty at the range, you I mean they don't buy them back, yeah. you know. So it's mm-hmm. like you just wind well, up. Well, that goes back to the point them. of like there's more uses for it than even if you're like in an urban environment, like there is sport shooting that you can Correct. do. So there's there is hobbies but, that revolve around. But it. now, uh, I think Daniel, you're the one who said it. Are are we? Is this actually a, are we just, are we using, uh, dang it, how was it that you said it? Are we putting a Christian spin on it 
to, mm. to fit what we want. To feel jesus about what we already want. Or, or yeah. is this actually like, no, like, I have a gun because, like, yeah, I'm going to use it. Or, mm. or do I have a gun because, like, no, I actually really enjoy skeet shooting. And mm. so, mm-hmm. like, if someone broke into my house... I really wouldn't put the shells in it, you know, mm-hmm. and I would just I think, pray that the cocking of it would, would, uh, yeah. you know, I, and, and that's kind of my question here. And, and in the sense that, like, people who live in New York City high-rises, I highly doubt are going to arrange, or let me rephrase, Christians living in New York <laughs> City high-rises, I highly doubt are going to arrange or skeet shooting, um, and that's a broad stroke paint of just yeah. somebody who lives in a high rise in New York City, yeah. probably not do, partaking in. Yeah. Um, well, they're also not allowed to own guns. Oh, I, d- I didn't know that. Is that yeah. true? In New York City, in Chicago, Makes like sense. those are but even, you're not even allowed. If, to I, own I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I feel like even if they were allowed to, like, they're also not banned from traveling. So you can go to upstate New York, which is like not super far out of New but, York yeah. City. But what I'm saying is like, which is but the reality cool. of the situation is, like, are these but, are these hypothetical christian gun owners are they gun owners because hey like it's a great deterrent i would never use it or it's no i'm gonna have it i'm gonna and i would probably use it but i'm gonna like put this spin on it up yeah uh, i'll wave it and shake it and people will get scared and not you know Mm -hmm. and that's gonna be up to people's hearts you can't say but like let's we're just saying like the not people in mind but just sure. saying like we're not the general right or wrongness of it right not like because people are going to do wrong things or people are going to have wrong motives or christians are not going to think well about why they have it or they're just going to say like hey it's totally cool in self-defense to do this so but just from like your question about the right wrongness of it not thinking about what individuals are going to do with it but just the general principle i think saying well this is a lethal a potentially lethal thing like you know you like to shoot play pigeons but this could be used this could be used in a lethal way i also own bleach which could kill you well but but it depends on what i do but here's the difference though a gun is not a i mean it's not a sportsman uh i I mean depends on yeah like how you want to call hunting but yeah a gun's purpose is to be lethal a bleach's purpose is not to like to be force lethal. down people's esophagus to, well, bacteria. to bacteria. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, well, you see no, what I, I mean? That. Like, I get that. Like, are we repurposing? So, are we repurposing or redressing something mm-hmm. yeah. to make it palatable for our own selfish mm-hmm. uh, purposes? Yeah. So, I think what this is something that it, it can get tricky because there's so many different moving pieces to it. But instead of saying like here are the hypothetical people right saying what's right or wrong just the idea of it but i do think that you make a good point about uh are we just spinning a christian uh justification around it and i think some people are yeah. and so that's why it does it's going to vary person by person of well what are you buying it for there are certain mm-hmm. things that you should not be buying it for and i yeah. think that's more helpful is defining it that way of instead of saying gun ownership is wrong gun ownership is right in some scenarios i think it's not okay to have i think in some scenarios that would be okay to have yeah um it's hard to say like location wise i think this is something we were talking about yeah, is, yeah yeah it's hard to say like the new york person in a high rise is probably only having it like well they they could travel they could do this they could that um there can also be like really really bizarre random things of why someone might have a gun like the story that pops into my head of, and i go i know this is like so niche that it is it, it should not even be included because it does not prove a point since it's the exception not a rule for this but the story of uh um in world war ii there was a 
major from Band of Brothers, you know, the series, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, who was given, was uh, surrendered the sidearm of, uh, I think it was either general or colonel, um, from the Germans during the surrender, was handed it to them, and he said he made a promise that this gun will never be fired as, an, as a memorial to peace, the yeah. peace that mm. we have, that we have uh, gained here. Mm. And that may, you know, and he said, I never wanted to take a life again. I never wanted to fire a weapon again. And he was holding it up in the, um, during, in one of the and video interviews. And it went interviews. off in his hand. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh my gosh. He's holding it in one of the video interviews and just emotionally and very seriously of a man who like knows what it took to get to peace mm, yeah. and knows what it means and how mm. undesirable it is to take, like, like when he talks about it, how absolutely abhorrently undesirable it is to take mm. a life. He holds up, he says, I can assure you in the 70 years that I've had this firearm, it has never been fired to this day. Wow. Because I look, he said, I looked at it and I noticed that this firearm had never been fired previously. Wow. Like, the guy who, the commanding German commanding officer had never fired his Luger in the wow. entirety of the war. It had, it had come off the factory line and never been fired. And so I'm like, that would be a cool thing to hand down and to never yeah. get rid of that. Um, yeah, firearm yeah. that had never been fired that was a symbol of peace and so like if you're the grandchildren of him you're living in new, like a new york high rise which you wouldn't have been because mm. he was like way out in rural pennsylvania but that that would be like a weird thing where again I was like, it's not going to prove the rule but i just like that's a neat story where it's mm. like that is something i would keep yeah and yeah. i would want, yeah. Uh, yeah it'd also be very very dangerous to fire uh, didn't you oh, say yeah. he removed like the firing pin <laughs> I think from so. it yeah i think so Let's but hope. i think I think that's, I think... Don't leave it up to your grandkids. I think that's also something that's super helpful when we're talking about uh, taking a life or even just military in general and the Christian's response to it is to go and read actual soldiers' experience Mm. in war. It's it's not just that it's not glamorous, it's soul-splitting. And so Mm. that's, I think, what Christians are pushing against is that no soldier comes back saying, this was great fun, I enjoyed it without that soldier having had some massive mental issue going on. Mm. Because there are some that come back and they just love the feeling of it. Right. Um, And I think... That's a red flag. Yeah. And I think that's... So that's why I think a lot of the early church fathers pushed against involvement of the Christian in the the military. Yeah. Uh, And that was... I mean, it was a debated... There was like... Maybe there were some theories about like why you could or why you... If you were converted um, after the fact, you could stay in the army. Um... But it's a difficult thing, I think, when we talk about, when we, we talked about, this is just to sum up what we were talking about, like, when we're talking about police officers, that's one thing, but military, it's difficult because you were saying about how, well, as a citizen, you can just say no. When you join the military, you're implicitly giving up your citizenship. You're no longer a citizenship with the right to say, I'm a citizen here, yeah. my rights, you're government issued, you belong, you're a tool yeah. of the government. And so it's like, are you comfortable, not just joining in this, but saying of yourself, I am now a tool that the government uses for its own fodder. Right. And so I I think, and I said, I I only said uh, police. I you did. You did. I, okay. yeah. I, was like, I, I just, wanted, I just I, wanted to pull it out for the idea. Yeah, yeah, there, there is a distinction between the two. Um, Which is his, not historically been the case. Yeah. Like historically, right. the soldiers were the policing force. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, what I was going to say was I think kind of on this argument that I made of, like, are we, is, is it just being redressed or reskinned, mm-hmm. you know, um, the thought, you know, like, like, Travis, I think you were the one saying, oh, like, you know, the bear in the, ha- in, in, you know, that is rummaging through the trash and then smells the food that's cooking. It's like, well, what would, what would have happened 200 years ago, 300 mm. years ago, 400 years ago? Mm. And it's like, not a gun, you know, it would have just been running or, you know, a, a, you know, Davy Crockett in that bear mm. with, like, you know, mm. a, 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 a Bowie or a sword, you know, yeah. Mm. 
And so it's just... David so Crockett had a gun. Well, yeah, like, well, I also... You yeah, said 100 I, years ago, I, I'm like, guns weren't around no, 100 no, no, years ago. I said, yeah. I said 100, and then, then we went back to 300, and I jumped up yeah. only like 100 <laughs> years, so maybe, whoops. Yeah, um, no, I know but, what you mean, though. But yeah, like, it's, it's you know, are we, are we trying to justify again mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. well, like, I need it for the bears, mm-hmm. of should, course. Should yeah. a Christian own a spirit? Like, but I, I mean, that goes but, to that Christian's honesty. Like, we have to remember that... Let all of these moral commands go together that we can't just say well we're not supposed to have it for this well then I'll just lie about it like well right. no you can't lie about what your motives are mm. so and you need to have like a, a good reason for it and then be honest about it and I think uh, uh, one of the things that I think that, that like you're pointing out that, that tends to happen a lot for Christians who want to kind of save face is what happened during Prohibition mm-hmm. where alcohol is now illegal and it just so happened the next day that there were one million cough medication <laughs> yeah. for whiskey. Yeah. There was millions of prescriptions written all of a sudden that everyone yeah. was like, oh, oh, now I have a cough. Like, we have to remember <laughs> not to be deceitful. And I, 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 something that I, I mean, like, I think we've probably talked about here before, but I'd love to talk about in the future is um, what is a Christian's duty to be honest and what is, like, and how does pragmatism infected that? Because I think mm. just even talking to people who I... Uh, care much about and I think they have very strong faith the amount of things they're willing to lie about be deceitful Mm. about or do the line of you know well the lease says this or the contract I said said this but I can just not tell them they don't they don't Mm. how are they going to find out and I think that's something that's starting to really bother me and it's something I hadn't blinked about before or like when I was you know 10 years when I was younger um but I'm hearing it a lot where it's just like well no one's coming to check right Mm. so we can just do it and let's not tell them. Mm. And to me, I, w- I had a conversation with that, uh, someone the other day, and I said, well, no, that's lying. Yeah. And that mm. settles the issue. Mm. It doesn't matter if they're going to catch us or not. Mm. Well, and I think uh, I think it was maybe last week, maybe a couple weeks ago, Travis, you said, like, uh, somebody, you quoted somebody about, like, you know, where's the line? And, and we're always trying to see how close we can get to that line. Mm. But mm. in reality, it's like, I want to flee from that line. Yeah. As, yeah. As, and it's... And, you know, like, I think, talking about, like, the gun debate, uh, or, or the gun issue right now, like, you see that all the time, where people are like, well, no, like, I ha- I have a gun for this separate purpose, mm. but, like, how how close does that bleed into, yeah. you know, well, no, it's it's for home defense, but I would never kill someone. Well, like, it, it would be to defend this, but I would never do that. Or... Hey, no, like I'm just at this like yeah. protest. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't intend to get violent, knowing yeah. that this is probably gonna get violent. Yeah. Uh, and if it gets yeah. violent, like mob mentality, yeah. or like you know, I, I mean, I've heard you know Christian men truly make the argument of like, no, pornography doesn't affect me. Like oh. it, it doesn't make mm. me lustful. So like. It, it's fine to be around. Great. It doesn't affect you. Then don't then do it. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What's but the like, reason to be around? It's but yeah. but like it, yeah. like people have made that argument, and it's like it's like well, how much are we lying to mm-hmm. ourselves and just trying to toe that line mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. well like okay, what if it's only like my big toe crossing yeah. that line? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we're yeah. constantly doing that. Only um, and then it's only one foot. And yeah. Then, yeah. And I think obviously, mm-hmm. I think I think that's just an. I won't even say it's a societal thing. I think it's a it's a human yeah, nature human. thing. Um, but as Christians, like, mm. you know, we're constantly trying to, well, where's that line and how close, like, I don't want to cross that line, but, like, yeah. how comfortable can I get to that line? I think what's interesting... And we need to flee. 
I think what's interesting is that I didn't even think about this until we've chatted and it's kind of brought to the forefront of my mind. What's what all of this kind of wraps up in, including like the American Revolution, is how much are we willing to be uncomfortable mm. and how much is comfort the main priority? Are we willing are we willing to take mm. a loss for our morals? Or do we stop do we stop practicing our morals and do we stop practicing the teachings of Christ? Do we stop practicing our ethics when it gets expensive? The, the moment it costs us something. Because um, I think that's what I see. Look, one of the example I used about the deceiving thing, the motivations behind that were, well, it will hinder me making money or will hinder me being profitable. And to me, it's like, that hurts a little bit because are we willing to take a loss? Right. Are we willing, like, um, so maybe you're someone that, really likes guns and wants to skeet you but it's just like better not to because you know you'd have the temptation to like prove yourself by yeah. defending your home in a certain way like I think that's a, a helpful question is are we willing to be uncomfortable or is the first sight of inconvenience like and I'm not saying that the American Revolution like they were being whiny babies who were like, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff yeah. happening but it's still it still, still brings the question like, I pay my taxes are you why willing, couldn't they pay their no. like are you will how uncomfortable are you willing to do to be um, to continue to hold how, up. How much injustice yeah. are you willing to uh, pallet mm. before, like, before your breaking point? Yeah. So something I was I was wanting to bring up earlier, and so it kind of ties in like this gun question back in with the idea of civil disobedience. Let's say that you have a gun, and like I I don't know all the details of the case, um, but like let's say that you have a gun and you're Breonna Taylor's boyfriend. Mm. you know in her in mm -hmm. her apartment with her and so mm -hmm. it's like okay no knock raid mm. uh police come into your house they had the wrong house right mm -hmm. and you are armed and they're armed like mm. also you're being woken up in the middle of the night you by people that you don't know are cops right you know you specifically don't know that so it's like uh mm. what do you do and then also it's like, man, how, how could a situation be uh, not remedied, but like, you know, addressed in a, in a healthy way by like, if, if your response was universal, regardless of if it's a uh, mm. police officer or an intruder. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great parallel to the Christian is called to ask the or push the government and call out the government to use the sword for justice mm. and so there's there's a very obvious thing of the christian should be vocally condemning and calling out and saying no knock warrant is not a just yeah. way to police your people like yeah the fact that you Fully would agree. say that you can kick I mean, a door that's down the fourth amendment that's yeah the whole point yeah of... uh so i think that's i think that's an example of how we interact with the government well is that we should be call we shouldn't just be saying like we're not going to use force and pacifists and whatever the government wants to do, they can. But we do need to be preaching and calling out and doing all we can to say, okay. hey, not doing that. Okay, so agreed. But then it's like, okay, I have this, uh, I have this notion where mm -hmm. it's like, okay, the supreme authority here is not that cop mm -hmm. or that SWAT mm -hmm. force team, team, SWAT team, SWAT team. Yeah. The supreme authority here. I like saying ATM machines. Oh yeah. Wait, oh, no. No, special no, special strategic weapons assault. and tactics. Oh, yeah, and tactics. Oh, I thought it was assault team. I thought it was special weapons and tactics. Or it might be special because yeah. cuz cops aren't technically supposed to have 
military weapons. Yeah. Right. That's part of the, the reason the SWAT team exists. Uh, anyway, that's a tangent. So, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a political, uh, like, a, I'm a poli-sci major, okay? So I've done all this research already. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm in the bed, and I have the gun, and I acknowledge, let's, let's say I do know that these are cops. And it's like, I acknowledge that they're not the supreme rule. Mm-hmm. The supreme rule... Well, I would say is God, but like the supreme rule of the land is the Constitution, the Bill of yeah. Rights, the Fourth Amendment, which says you can't do this. Okay, yeah. so am I justified in? Uh, let's not even say use of force, but like demanding that they get off my property. I mean, I would say yes, you're justified because yeah. the Constitution's yeah. on your yeah. side. But like, what do you do in the moment? Mm. What do you do in the moment? Like, because, uh, and especially like we're here with all this hindsight and like, yeah. we're not being woken up in the middle of the night and being asked to, yeah. you know, philosophize a, on this in the split second. Like, what do you do in the moment? scenario because you're put in a situation. And again, let's say that you do know that they're cops. Yeah. You're put in a situation where not only are you going back and forth between like, should I use lethal force or not? You're also put in the situation of if I do choose to do lethal force, there is a special <laughs> crime yeah. that on top of the fact that I've killed someone's life of assaulting a police officer. Mm. So it's not only like the people that are coming against you or people that are specially protected, which again is why it's such a woeful injustice that we allow that to happen. And I think why the framer said there should not be unlawful mm. searches and seizures. People can't just, the army can't just pop into your house. Um, because what what do you do when someone has special protections? It's coming into your home at night. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a I, that's a tough one. I, I think I think to answer your question directly, uh, I think the answer would just be. And and I. I'm torn because like the system is not perfect and the system is broken. Yeah, that's the point. But there are avenues that can mm. be pursued mm. for later for yeah yeah th- th- that, let me rephrase there are avenues that can potentially correct be pursued yeah. um, for for justice and, and and to remedy the situation um and it's it's just the unfortunate fact that like in that situation any action mm. is only detrimental to the situation yeah mm. uh, and so it's just like Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you just have to take your lumps and mm-hmm. then turn around and, and be like, hey, Fight it in court. you know, yeah. like, this is what was wrong. And I really hope that there's no cover up or no mm-hmm. destruction of evidence or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's not a, the good old boys club, yeah, good you luck. know, yeah. um, which which in and of itself is infuriating yeah. because that happens. And it's and, like, what district, what police district do you fall under? And yeah. that might be the. Yeah, the the nail in your coffin. Yeah, who, you know who, what is it? Who watches the Watchmen? Kind of thing, you know. And it, <laughs> yeah, and and so it, it it is infuriating, but it's just like, you know, at at the very least, there's consolation, and there is an avenue you can take. It's yeah. not the best, and it's not perfect and broken, mm-hmm. but any action you take, like like Daniel, like what you're saying, like like if you defend yourself, you are now committing another crime that's going to get yeah. slapped on top of yeah. you. So yeah. there. There mm. is no good outcome. There's mm-hmm. only a hopeful outcome, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, goes... in a world full of broken choices, yeah, like, here's your best bet. Yeah. So... That goes back to... Which, the... I mean, that's the whole comedian's thing in, in Watchmen. Mm. That mm. goes back to the American Revolution, because you're saying that you're kicking off tyranny, 
And then what are you coming up with? Are you coming up with a perfect system? Are you coming up with justice? Or are you going to be the same thing that now also you claim has no right to rule? I think that's the tricky bit. So that was... I will also say the documents that the American founders came up with are far superior than the documents that the British were operating under. Sure, but I mean, that's what, like... But the the documents that we came up with were a refinement of... And that's... I mean, just copy their homework and it's it's in the definition. You're yeah. refining, you know, yeah. you're making something better. You're honing yeah. it. But that yeah. was so. That was the interesting thing when I was studying uh, church history of finding like the different because there was varyingly different responses. I think when I think of the American Revolution before I had looked into it a little bit, like my prevailing notion was like, oh, every American was like, yes, let's do this. But it's like. Oh. I think what maybe one third Very, yeah. were gung ho. Another yeah. third just were like the classic American. We're like, I don't care. We'll see how this plans out. Yeah. And then another I'm third were keep both yeah. sets of currency. And then another third were like, case. we're saying we shouldn't do this. Yeah. Among those, if I'm getting my history correctly, was John Wesley. Yeah. And the reason that he said, and I think it's it should it should definitely be listened to whenever people are talking about the validity of the American Revolution, you should hear this quote and not like dismiss it quickly. Where his criticism was, how can you claim to fight that you that you are fighting for a good reason? You're fighting for justice. You're fighting f- for these noble reasons for a good republic when you enslave people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you cannot get rid of slavery, like it's it is so hypocritical of you to say that we are fighting for justice. And he's like, and you have no intent mm. of freeing people yeah. that are under your tyranny. So I think that of the time, like to, for someone to say that, I think that was a, an extraordinarily poignant and harsh point of before you start Very saying before you start taking this high ground of like you are this like ideal and you're fighting for all these things and gotta shuck off oppression uh realize like with oppression like everybody's kind of an oppressor so it's not saying like whether you it ultimately like you should or not but have a little bit of uh be, be honest about it and not have the hypocrisy of we're making this great new thing uh and it's more of like you're saying we made a step up and that's yeah. good, but was was it worth the cost of yeah. a lot of life to I make mean, a little bit of a step like, up? Canada is independent. India, Australia, New Zealand, like they they gained their independence and they did so without yeah bloodshed. I mean, India you have the Sepoy Rebellion, but that wasn't how they gained it. Like uh yeah um I forget what it was, but it someone was like. It might have been one of those like history oversimplified videos, I love those. and it's like Gandhi. Gandhi says, uh, "England, get out of here! If you don't get out of here, I'm not gonna eat." And then they leave. <laughs> like that, yeah. and he's like, "Whoa, that actually worked." worked. Well, that's. I think that's the. <laughs> sweet. The funniest thing. Hungry. The funniest yeah. thing to me is just like picturing as England is getting rid of, uh, or giving independence to all of them. Yeah, well, is disbanding with, its with, empire. Yeah, with. Specifically with Canada, what I think is funny is it more of played out like a 30-year-old who's living in their parents' basement, and they're like, hey, bud, you really got to go get a job. <laughs> so, because I'm like, they, they weren't willing, they're like, yeah, we want to still be British subjects. I'm like, hmm, listen, we got to have a talk. Yeah. Your father and I think. It's probably in your best interest, interest. to establish some independence. So, yeah, I mean, mm. it's, it, so yeah, it's like, okay, we got our independence first, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know that I, I will say that having that head start really helped uh, the nation, but it's like I, I I'm convinced that 
we would have gotten it anyway. And, and there are other ways to, mm-hmm. like, you don't get what you want when you want it. It might take several generations mm-hmm. to get what you want. But it's like there is a long-term peaceful strategy mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to, like, nation building and, and culture building mm-hmm. where it's like, dude, you could have spared a lot of lives. And it, um, the same point was made about, like, uh, the Civil War. It's like, okay, the Civil War is fought over slavery, and then it's like, okay, we got rid of slavery. Got rid of slavery in the South. Awesome. Look at all the other places that were able to abolish slavery without a war, Mm. and how much healthier their race relations are now Mm. that it's Mm. not like, oh, you only gave up slavery because a bunch of you are getting killed, and you would have not got... And it's like, probably, you know the South would have come to that conclusion just like Brazil came to that conclusion in Canada and, like, mm-hmm. you know, in time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to varying degrees. But it's, like, because there was all this bloodshed, um, you have... Be- because there's all this bloodshed, you have a scar. Okay. But then it's, like, okay, slavery is definitely different because there's going to be bloodshed either way. Yeah. It's well, either going to be the enslaved yeah. peoples that are being, you know, beaten yeah. and killed... So kind of like what you what you were saying about uh, or what both of you guys have said about uh, you know in order to save a human life mm-hmm. that that's one of our f- principles that mm-hmm. we could apply. Mm-hmm. What were the two examples? Brazil and where else? And Canada. What was slavery? And I, I'm truly ignorant. What was slavery like in those places? In Brazil, very bad, very harsh. I believe it was the last country in the Western Hemisphere to get rid of slavery. Mm. But um, I, but I mean to the like ab- the abuse of the of the of the slaves to the same extent as the oh, American South. Dude, like, uh, I I only say this because I'm a history teacher and I feel like I can say this with confidence. Like, if there's anywhere in the world that I would say, if there's anywhere in the Western Hemisphere that I would say that slavery was more brutal. It would be Brazil, uh, maybe the enslavery, the the enslavery, the enslavement of the indigenous peoples in like Bolivia with the silver mm-hmm. mines and everything. Oh my gosh! When you read about what this, what Spain was mm-hmm. doing the to Caribbean like children, really as well. uh, with like mining mining mercury yeah. in <laughs> order to refine the silver that you were mining, and it's like. These kids, it's like they, they'd get an infection in their arm. It's like, all right, you just cut off the arm, tie it off, and send them back in. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my gosh. And this this is like an 8-year-old because he yeah. can get into places that a yeah. 20-year-old can't. Uh, so, yeah. I use those specifically because they're very different from each other. In Canada, neither the terrain, like nothing really allows for slavery. Slavery was legal on paper and not really used that yeah. much. Yeah. And then it was like one of the first places to get rid of it. So... So the the reason I asked is I I really didn't know what slavery was like in either of those two locations. Mm. So, I you know you're saying, um, you know Brazil came about it without a revolution or without mm-hmm. bloodshed. Well, without a war, but like like I was saying, there's gonna be bloodshed either yeah. way. It's just whose blood. Yeah. So you so know? how did how did Brazil come? I, I I'm 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 trying to learn here. Uh, I'm I. I'm not as familiar with this as I should be in order to be speaking about these things, but I believe that their abolition of slavery looked a lot more like a grassroots internal abolitionist movement, okay. more like it did in the American North. Mm-hmm. It just took a lot longer. Yeah. So okay. So so when you're saying the that there's still going to be bloodshed, you're saying 
war will be bloodshed or allowing slavery to continue Correct. will be bloodshed. There's, yeah. there's suffering and <clears throat> okay. bloodshed either way. <clears throat> okay, yeah. I, I was misunderstanding you. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah. you were saying. Which is why I'd say, like, uh. But do you, so, but do you. So you would say, hey, there's going to be bloodshed either way, so allow for inaction. No, that's the one where I'm, I'm like. Confused. I. It's, I, I do feel like you can be a Christian and try to justify being on either side of that a lot more Agreed. easily than you could if it's like, okay, either bloodshed or no bloodshed. You know, yeah. it, that one, it's like, that, that should be pretty obvious. But in a case like that, I can see real Christians falling on either side of the aisle. Okay. You know, it's like okay. the Grimke sisters, they never picked up weapons, but man, they published article and article and paper and paper yeah. and, and all it like, and it took off. Like, they yeah. were, they were two of the most famous abolitionists in the entire abolitionist movement, like who were born, at least who were born in the South. And like most people never even learn about them. And they got this baller like story about like giving up billions of dollars in today's money. But then it's like, so, okay, you're a Christian and you're working the underground railroad and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to smuggle people, you know, north of the line, and it, it, with the Fugitive Slave Act, you got to get them all the way to Canada because yeah. if they're if they're discovered in Pennsylvania, they still go back. They have to be returned by law, mm-hmm. so you got to get them all the way to Canada. But then it's like, okay, you can do that, and I 100% justifiable. Oh, but it's someone's property. Well, guess what the Bible says about enslavers? Like that's in the vice lists in First Timothy. Like, you, no, we don't we don't acknowledge that this person is another person's property. So you commit theft. What on? paper is theft because you're stealing a, a slave mm-hmm. and, and smuggling them across lines. And then it's like, okay, if you're a worker of the Underground Railroad, do you pack heat? Right. Mm. You know, do you carry a gun with you? And mm. I, I think that whether you do says a lot about, mm. you know, your specific ideals of mm. n- a commitment to nonviolence and yet still being willing to be civilly disobedient, mm-hmm. you know. I think something that you uh, were talking about that as you were describing that I think it's a really good point to overemphasize is there kind of is a knee-jerk reaction in us and maybe it's part of our culture maybe it's like from a lot of movies that we think that violence and war is the way that you settle things Mm. and there's a kind of a knee-jerk thing of maybe not for everybody but like for for me or like when I hear people talk it's like you kind of get this notion when they say well let's try to solve it diplomatically but mm. we know that it's the only way to get it done is by killing yeah like we know this is going to inevitably get to war but let's try to do all these things and maybe there's some of these things like it is inevitably going mm. in that direction but i think we don't give enough credit to the fact that there may be other ways to do this yeah. slow uh, unglorious way yeah. it's like I, i've said before nobody makes a movie about the guy who just yeah. faithfully loves his family for for 60 <laughs> years and then dies and, yeah. like, you know, leaves a legacy of mm-hmm. children who love the Lord. It's like, no, wait, that's a boring movie. Like, make a movie about the guy who, like, went into war and killed a bunch and defended yeah. his... It's like, that's the movie. And it's the same thing with this. It's like, you have movies about, like, you know, the people who fought wars, but then it's like, okay, what about the people who legislated their way toward abolition? Right. You can't make, like, I'm not yeah. saying you should make that movie. I'm saying no one would buy that yeah. movie because there's not enough explosion. Well, I think, I think the, the problem that you get into is this idea of, like, when you don't teach people how to be persuasive mm. and winsome, and you're and it just becomes like every fight boils down, especially with the internet, every fight boils down to, like, 
you're you're a dummy you're stupid how can you even think that way it's like that because your argument is not being like won over you're not yeah. able to articulate it so it's like you just go towards towards force and what? i think i think there is yeah there is a, a need to say there's alternate ways to do these things and i think we tend to not believe it because we think that it ultimately like, it has to be force i think the story that i've heard about the power of uh, the psychology of um, non-complementary behavior. So we haven't even like kind of touched on the bigger topic of escalation of violence. So sometimes mm. guns can be a deterrent. Sometimes having a gun can be an escalator yep. mm. where the person wasn't going that direction and you forced it to go higher. Mm. Um, so uh, one of the stories that I think was really interesting that I first heard when I was learning about non-complementary behavior of how it's really difficult. It's not impossible. It's very, very difficult for a human mind to continually be in a different gear than another person. So if I'm talking really calmly, it's going to be difficult for Miguel to keep yelling. Not impossible, but it's going to be very difficult <laughs> training on him. Has been proven. Um, uh, or if everyone's yelling, it's going to be very difficult to be the one person in the room who's talking softly. There's a story about how, and I'll try to do it really quick, but there was a story of there was this couple and they were out in like this like poor uh, wine patio place getting to eat in like the inner city. And this guy comes up with a gun like subtly and just like, hey, I, you know, give me all your money kind of thing. Like just like, pulls one on them and the guy was telling the story what happened to him because i didn't know what to do my mind kind of went blank and i was just like he's like i don't know where it came from but i just was like hey man it seems like you're having a hard day like do you want to sit down and like mm. have a glass of wine with us and talk about this and he said the guy like the, and again this is not always gonna be the case but the guy like they were talking to him, he was still hostile he was shaky they kept talking to him be like hey have a you know have, have some wine with us like what's going on is it okay drink some more wine drink some more wine drink some and more. and like they were just talking like hey is it okay like really soft and like oh, what's, what's going on seems like you're distressed and like the guy like drinks a little bit of wine puts the glass down gets up and walks away yeah um because it's very difficult for the mind mm. to uh be hostile continually yeah. be hostile to people who aren't hostile to you but again it's it, the opposite is true. Yeah, when someone's coming at you screaming, I've got a gun in their face, it's hard for you to not be screaming and escalating the situation. Mm. Yeah, well, and and I fully, I, I don't dispute anything you said. Mm -hmm. I think the only place that I would go back to is when you're talking about, like, the legislation. Mm -hmm. uh, that that I think that's a really tricky one because it, that's a frustrating point where you're like, people are suffering or people are dying or people are hurting or mm -hmm. we are needed. Mm -hmm. and legislation can so often either one seem like inaction mm -hmm. or two just have to go through like the bureaucratic mm -hmm. steps of all right well let's come to a plan that we both agree on and let's push it forward and vote it through so mm -hmm. many times it's just like we need action mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of times we just we're in such a rush mm -hmm. to get to an answer that we grow we rush to the first answer, even if it's not the best answer. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Because um, it seems the quickest. But I think it is important to remember that the Civil War did not end slavery. No, the 13th didn't. Amendment mm. in Constitution that was passed in it. Because there is a very real possibility that the war would have ended and slavery would have continued. Mm. Right. Like, that's yeah. something I think we don't often think of with alternative history. Is there was yeah. not a guarantee. And there was even, in the beginnings of the war, um, from, uh, from my, to my knowledge, with what Lincoln was trying to do, the goal was to preserve the Union. Yeah. And slavery could have continued even if they had surrendered. Lincoln Lincoln has a famous quote where he's like, if I Bro, could... Have, I know yeah. exactly what you yeah. go yeah. ahead, yeah. No, was if, if if I could preserve the Union and And, and preserve slavery, the institution of like, slavery, I, I would have do done it. it. Yeah. You know, if I... Yeah. If, or if I could preserve the Union and get rid of slavery, I would have yeah. done it. He's like, he essentially said, like, I just want to preserve the Union. 
whatever mm-hmm. means I have to give yeah. to get there is what I'm willing yeah. to do. So I think that's important, like what you're talking about. It's, it's a lot easier and a lot easier in our minds to associate and say, well, because this war was started over slavery, the war is what ended it, or the war is what caused it to come to an end, or that was the means in which that happened. But then you go to the history books and go, no, because if there was no law on the books, even if the war ended slavery for a little bit, it could come back. Right. And it's like, and, and wouldn't it come back? Like, it's still an ingrained practice. People are still bitter about it. I mean, and uh, it, yeah, well, what's the thing about like there's more slaves now worldwide than yeah. there have ever been yeah so it's like there's still plenty of work to do mm-hmm. so it's not so. glamorous but it's the votes it's the uh well well it's yeah. it's multiple methods of action yeah, it, yeah i was gonna exactly. say it takes it's not something that like it's here today gone tomorrow because mm-hmm. like even instituting the 13th amendment okay like it's it's no longer legal it's off the books but there's still all this culture oh, yeah. and all these oh, practices yeah. <clears throat> that we we have to continue working towards and destroying mm-hmm. you know that's why we got to do an episode on prison reform man i would love to do an episode on prison reform that's the new prison reform and death penalty slavery. i am mm-hmm. i am two separate episodes sure but i am there yeah. for those episodes i think in summary we would just say war <sighs> never changes no okay <laughs> what is it good for Gosh. absolutely nothing mm. all right that's all for now. That's all for now. All right. See y'all next time.